Clear out those ear holes because we got another <laughs> flop house mini for you to stick in your, your ear holes. Uh, <laughs> so, okay. Because clear, we have clear a mini. Out, clear them out to stick something else in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you, you need to make, make space, space for this. Yeah, clear out. Make some room. Okay, so this is a Flophouse Mini. It's a mini episode of the normally long Flophouse podcast where we watch a bad movie and talk about it. But instead, on one of these minis, we're going to spend slightly less time talking about slightly. whatever we want. And tonight, we're going to be talking about, uh, we're going to be doing another episode of one of my favorite and one of your favorite shows. That's right. We're doing a little bit of Two Boy talking tube to two dudes today. Yes way. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, indeed. <laughs> Dan so, has given you verbal consent to appear in this mini. <laughs> so, to, uh, for if this is your first time checking out one of these episodes, <laughs> Two Boy Talking Tube to Two Dudes Today, Yes Way, is where uh, me, Stuart, a.k.a. Two Boy, mm-hmm. is going to be talking about tube, that's right, television, to two dudes. Which two? These two, Dan and Elliot. Oh, okay. Um, and we're doing it during the day because we recorded this one during the day instead of tonight. And Yes Way, because... We need some confirmation here. We need some uh, excitement. Mm-hmm. So before we get into the meat of this sandwich, while we're still on top of the bread. <laughs> Just hanging on the bread. Hang- so we're on top of the bread or we're in the bread? This represents yeah, like, the bread or we're on top of the bread? We're on top of the bread. This is, I'm on like, top imagine- of the bread looking down on the meat. <laughs> and the only thing I wow, that's, eat. That's some fast I shit. Can- what are you, Weird Al Yankovic? <laughs> <laughs> they call him Speed Al Yankovic. He's the fa- even faster than Weird Al. <laughs> yeah. So, like, imagine... <laughs> they call imagine. him Weird Speed Levitch, because Speed Levitch is a weird guy. <laughs> the the songs aren't quite as polished or, or funny, perhaps, but what do you want? I did them right away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you can have it fast, good, or uh, what's the other possible thing? Out of control. <laughs> uh, or cheap. And, yeah, uh, yeah. We this, got it, you got it fast and cheap. This mm-hmm. reminds me of Dan's hit Just song, like Live, in, Live in La Vida Roku, which had no lyrics. <laughs> Yeah, I gave up. Oh man, the video is just the fucking Roku City backdrop. (laughs) Uh, Well, real quick, uh, while we're still on top of the bread of this sandwich, uh, (laughs) I forgot where we were. Thank you for reestablishing that. Yeah, it's almost seasoned. uh, Thank you for for billboarding on a sandwich. Services turned on. Yeah. So uh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Location exterior sandwich. (laughs) I'm looking at a picture of a sandwich. It says "You are here," and it's pointing to the top of the bread. Great. (laughs) Uh, so before we get into this sandwich, uh, I just want to point out real quick that, again, we're going to be talking about television and who, what is essential to television. That's right, writers. Writers are the ones who write it, and they're yeah. currently on strike. Now, I'm not a member of the WGA. However, uh, I like to consider myself an ally, <laughs> uh, and these two dudes are. So please, uh, Ellie, I'm sure we're going to talk about it a little bit more, and we'll talk briefly about how you can support the writers that write the shows that you love, and I love too, because that's what we're talking about today. We're talking too with two dudes and me. So, guys, we are right in the middle. We're recording this in the middle of a week when a bunch of series finales are coming out. Mm-hmm. That's right. The series finale for Succession dropped. The series finale of Barry dropped. The series finale for Mrs. Maisel dropped. Mm-hmm. I think the season series finale of Ted Lasso dropped. Yeah. 
And, and it was all one the, big crossover. That was the amazing thing. You had to watch it, all of them. It was yeah. If you don't watch them all, you're you're only getting half the story. Yeah. Um, so what I want to talk about now, guys, this is gonna this is gonna require a little bit of work. So I hope you weren't planning on kicking up your heels and cooling out. Look at you, buddy. Without kicking in my heels. <laughs> no, you can't cool out or kick up oh, heels. Man. You have to you have to commit to doing zero. You gotta heat up and punch down those heels. Mm-hmm. Um. So we are not going to be spoiling any of the series finales okay. that we have already mentioned. Not the least of which, because I haven't watched any of them and don't know if I'm going to watch any of them. <laughs> okay, well, you're well. The, I mean, if the, the second one is out. true, then it seems like you shouldn't care about spoilers. <laughs> yeah, then you should you should lick them up. You should be like the way I handled the later seasons. Uh, well, most of the seasons of Game of Thrones. Yeah, it's just by reading. Saber. Yeah, by reading spoilery reviews because I'm like, I don't want some rando telling me what happened on Game of Thrones. The books aren't even out yet. I don't yeah. know what's going to happen. You want a ronto telling you what happened on Game of Thrones. I would love a ronto to tell me. <laughs> and then <laughs> Jawa falls off and goes, eh, uh, probably not. <laughs> okay. So, so it would be charades. I imagine there's some there's some cut scene from the special edition where Ronto turns the camera and says, it's a living, and then mm-hmm. poops on someone and it's uh-huh. all over. Poops into another dinosaur, no, alien's mouth, and the alien's like, it's a living, and then it poops <laughs> wow. into a different alien's and, mouth, and, and I'm like, oh my God. Goes down. And that it's last alien, quantum realm. it poops into another alien's mouth, and that alien turns the camera and says, I do it for pleasure. <laughs> yeah, I pay for this. That they're the ones doing yeah. it for. I, I'm, I'm don't worry, to folks. For At the end of this, he has a completely different job. There's nothing but happiness. <laughs> yeah. So this human uh, centipede is thirty percent satisfied. We're going to do a little little exercise here, since I'm with two professional writers. Uh-oh. What I would like, uh, what I want to do today, ironically, not a lot of exercise in that profession. We are going to. <laughs> we are going to. Describe what happens on uh, the series finale of one of your favorite series finales. I'm sure you have a couple in your head. And I want you to describe it in a way that is as non-spoilery as possible. However, we don't want to cross over into the what happens next week on Mad Men line where it's just people opening doors and closing doors and you're like, I have no fucking <laughs> idea what could be happening. I, I know that this, I know this next episode, someone is going to enter someone else's office and close the door of that office, but I don't <laughs> yeah. know the context of it. Oh, so you, you don't want to go, you don't want to go all the way to do that. So for instance, I'm going to, I'll start, since this is a little bit of yeah, a yeah, game, set the, uh, I'll, 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 let's see how well I can do here. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to pick one of my, one of my favorite series finales, uh, something my wife and I enjoyed was the shield. Okay. And the Shield spent most of the run uh, with Bad Boy Cop Vic Mackey, played by Michael Chiklis. That's right, the commish, mm-hmm, the and thing his bu- himself, and his buddy <laughs> Shane, played by that's right, Walton Goggins, getting into all kinds of trouble and doing things that are quite unbecoming of an officer of the law, or so you would think. <laughs> uh, and so the let's or see, a vice so the, principal for that matter. Or a vice principal, or a righteous gemstone, yeah, or uh, a boy. I guess kind of what you'd expect a Boyd Crowder to yeah, do. Yeah, I, I don't expect Boyd Crowder to be following the rules. Yeah. Mm, um. So let's see. I'm gonna say in the series finale of the Shield. I can't give anything away. Uh. Let's see. Characters that we know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, face. Some consequences for their actions. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Truths are revealed. Uh huh. 
Hey, yeah, this Yeah. The police are involved. Okay, lots of cop shows, so mm-hmm. that um some well, we- people end up disappointed. Mm-hmm. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, how'd I do? Did you I, guys, you, did I ruin I, it for you? I think you did a good job of not spoiling it for me. You did a poor yeah. job of giving me a sense of how you felt about the series finale. How did you feel about it? Were you one of those uh, people who were disappointed? Okay, no, no, no. I, I wasn't. It's one of my favorites. So let's see. Um, it surprised me mm-hmm. and was harsh. Mm. Okay. Okay. Is that okay? Okay. And where do you, what do you score it on the uh, on the finale meter? Uh, uh, what what are the what are the criteria on the finale meter? Two criteria: audience uh-huh. satisfaction and closure, sense of closure. Okay, so I would say I would say high on both. Okay. Okay, that's good. Okay, okay. so the, the shield. Uh, the you, shield. You, you, you have heard to go through first. a lot of seasons, and depending on what your emotional state is, some of those seasons are going to be difficult. Mm. Uh, it is a show that when I started it, I was like, I don't know if I want to see another show that glorifies, uh, the police. And then after watching, uh, a bit of it, I'm like, oh, this show does the opposite of that. It really okay. radicalized you. Yeah. That was, that was the thing. <laughs> Sorry, I was only out cause I was thinking about, you know, having to, having to do this. Yeah, yeah, having to, well, yeah, you, I'm, not, I'm not judging you, I'm not. I'll do, go up, I'll go up next. To, or I, if you want me to go next, you can zone out a little bit more. No, no, okay. I, <laughs> no, I zone out because I have one. Oh, okay, um, okay. Uh, so I'm going to go with Buffy the Vampire Slayer because it's a, it's a finale that I think I can remember pretty well, even though obviously the rules of this game don't really require you to, to remember no, all that well. <laughs> uh, it could hurt me, if anything. Um... Uh, a show, obviously, that's become a little harder to watch now that we know more about Joss Whedon. But as Charisma Carpenter, who's great on Twitter, has no pointed out— No spoilers about Josh Whedon's uh, al- <laughs> alleged horrible Josh? behavior. My, yeah, my spoiler is that there's no H in his name. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> as Charisma but at least, Carpenter— But at least there's one in Whedon, right? Uh, Elliot's going to have to get that tattoo fixed. <laughs> Who is a delight on Twitter has said, you know, it's a show that is much bigger than one one person, and uh, sometimes, uh, you know, things get lost. The the, the artistic con- contributions of other people get lost when, uh, unfortunately, the person. Yeah, you're saying the same thing about the Cosby Show. Turns out to be a weasel. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was. Uh, I mean, that's true. I mean, like, like as I mean, much it, as it, Cosby is a monster, but. Anyway. Yeah, the, I would say uh, that uh, to, to uh, swerve away from that line of, uh, of, of, of talk, uh, yeah. it, is a, it is a common thing, especially in today's idea of auteur-driven TV. It is a common thing to not recognize the uh, contributions of not just the other writers on staff, because it's not like Joss Whedon wrote every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, mm-hmm. but also the many people involved in its creative work from the directors to the editors, the performers, to the crew. Uh, to yeah. people who just who through their technical work are the people operating the cameras, operating the sound equipment, people doing the makeup, everyone involved uh, has a contribution that they're making to it and a valuable contribution at that. Yeah. And it is because of that, partly in order to protect that uh, creative industry and those contributions, the writers guilds on strike. But we need to talk about that right now. But I did want to say this is a good opportunity, uh, a good opening, just to recognize that um, this idea of. One person being behind it all has always yeah. been a fiction in film for a long time, and it's a new fiction in television. 
but it is a fiction for both. It takes a lot of people yeah. to do these things, and all of them are necessary. Dan, tell us about the end of <laughs> Buffy the Vampire Killer. <laughs> Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Uh, you know, as we know, our titular Vampire Slayer is still out there fighting evil. Okay. Uh, and we knew and, that? And the finale, uh, just as has been true for the previous uh, season's finales, uh, the big bad, the fight with them, it comes to a head. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay, okay. Um, <clears throat> something happens that uh, changes, alters the Slayer myth- myth- mythos. Uh, okay. Uh, going going forward, I guess, into the comics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> going yeah, forward the show into is no over, more right? shows. Yeah. Uh, certain people, perhaps, are lost along the way. Okay. All of them forever, question mark? Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, okay. I, so that, even that sentence wasn't spoiled for me. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, <sighs> things... Generally, end on a cheerful note. <laughs> okay, and now tell us about the comics. Uh, the comics were not very good. They were sold to me as a direct continuation of the show. But the show, honestly, as much as I love it, had been in a slight creative decline <laughs> after season five, season how six, how and many seven. Seasons I think are my weakest seven. Oh, that's not too bad. Um, mm. One for each so, deadly sin. <laughs> Whoa, uh, that's that's how they did it? I yeah, assume? It's, it, you know, the comics were fine, but uh, not so much that I didn't give up after a certain point. All right, okay. well, that was less funny than I thought the answer might be, so <laughs> yeah. never mind. <laughs> okay, so where do, where do we, yeah, where do you rate this finale uh, on those two, uh, on the finale meter? It's a pretty satisfying finale. It doesn't, as I said, I think that the show kind of went downhill towards the end, so... It could not go out on top like some of the best finales, but I'm going to give it like a seven. Okay. Oh, the same number as Season 10 Deadly Sins, yeah. Wow, okay. Okay, and uh, yeah, I guess there's not too many spoilers there. (laughs) Okay, okay, let's do it. I didn't think it was going to be possible for me to have less of an idea of what happens than in Stuart's summary, and yet you did it, Dan. You did it. Oh, man, we're killing it today. Yeah. Okay, Elliot, why don't we, uh, why don't you jump in this game? <laughs> All right. Now, I'm going to jump it. Now, uh, the first show that came to mind uh, was one of my favorite shows, The Prisoner. And yet, I already did a podcast where I talked about that finale with John yeah. Hodgman. It's called uh, Be Potting You, and it's available on Maximum Fun. So go listen oh. to that. It's a four episode podcast miniseries. Uh, and so then I started thinking about what's another show I liked more recently. And a show I really was a big fan of was Hannibal, the show all about. Serial killers and cannibals and qu- conversations. He's a just, cannibal. Oh, sorry, spoiler. And conversations made out of loaded questions. <laughs> and, and, and arranging corpses in artistic tableaus. Arranging <laughs> corpses. The, the show that was that was as broke in its visuals as it was erotic in its atmosphere. Uh, and in the season finale, uh, so series I, finale. And, series finale. Sorry, series finale. Uh, this was the third season, I believe, and. Mm. Uh, I have to admit that season I was not as huge a fan of. They they took a long time adapting Richard Harris's actual Hannibal novels uh, for a while. And as much as I loved every moment when like a drop of blood would fall into a bathtub and you just follow that drop as it as it 
you know, spiraled on down into, and was dissolved. Uh, I wasn't enjoying the story that much. And there were certain points where it was like, wait, so there's like electric eels or in his butt or something that I just didn't, <laughs> that I, I just, I just couldn't quite, I couldn't crap, I couldn't wrap my mind around. I was going to say couldn't crap my mind around, but I couldn't <laughs> do that either. Uh, no. But I thought that the se- the season really picked up uh, as they, the, the final, the, the end story was, um, I forget if it was an adaptation. I think it was an adaptation of Red Dragon. I can't remember. But uh, mm-hmm. but the uh, but uh, at the a end, thing that has been adapted in two other has it been adapted two, two other yeah. times. And I think is I think is up there with the it's, it was adapted as Manhunter and then as the movie Red Dragon. It's better than the movie Red Dragon. And I think by, is, by far by far, and it's up there with Manhunter in a lot of ways. Yeah, it's up there uh, with Manhunter. I mean, there's for me that you know there's nobody who can beat Tom Noonan as a super scary dude. Uh, but still. Uh, yeah. as, Richard as, Armitage is not bad, especially <laughs> when you consider that he was a dwarf. Yeah, and also I'm, you know, I'm a forty-something-year-old man. If you show me Manhunter, and I'm just gonna go into like this synth wave, like <laughs> pleasure coma, oh, of yeah. just like neon, and you know, I don't know, just blue lights everywhere. So mm-hmm. Speaking of speaking of synth, the uh, the I was uh, I've been watching Simpsons episodes with my older son, uh, which he hasn't seen before, and we watched the Mister Plow episode, and there's the a part where. Homer is driving his plow against a, across a rope bridge and mm-hmm. the music, and it's like the scene in Sorcerer and the music <laughs> is all synthy. And I was like, oh, now I understand this joke. Because <laughs> when, when this first started, when I was like 11, I did, had not seen Sorcerer. I was not Weird. familiar with it. <laughs> Somehow and your, Sorcerer, your parents didn't take you aside you and explain Wages it. of Fear. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're wages like, of, oh, yeah. it's like Wages of Fear. I was like, it's like Wages of Fear, but like, why the music? I don't understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, Clouseau wasn't working with uh, with synth in his, in his soundtracks. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So, so uh, I'm gonna, but uh, let's see. Let's describe this uh, this ending to this se- series finale. Okay, so mm. there's a uh, there's a disagreement between mm. our Who's main characters. Between our between our main characters and our not main character, but recurring <laughs> character. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the two main characters find both uh, common ground and also disagreement. Okay. Uh, there is a very memorable hug, and Jillian uh, <laughs> Anderson prepares a meal for no? someone. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And uh, th- that's the series finale of Hannibal. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, I feel like I feel like Elliot got a little more detail in his than we got into ours, but yeah, uh, but it's still pretty vague. Pretty vague. <laughs> no you don't know what the, you don't know what the context of the hug is, and no. you don't know who Jillian Anderson is preparing the meal for or what she's preparing. Yeah. Mm, yep. Okay. Uh, well, that was fun, guys. Series finales. You gotta love them. <laughs> okay. Good <laughs> takeaway. <laughs> okay. So the uh, the next part of this little episode. I want to talk about a thing I started watching recently because I'm very excited about it. Uh, I just started watching the new Dead Ringers show, mm-hmm. which is, of course, adapted uh, from the David Cronenberg movie. And I have another little deadly game for the two of you. Okay. I would like the two of you to collaborate on a pitch for me. Can you pitch for me a TV reimagining of a David Cronenberg that twists it in a way that makes it appropriate for my modern eyeballs. <laughs> appropriate how? I mean, it'd be that- kind of, it'd be, honestly, would be to tone it down, probably. I feel like David got away with a lot in the 70s and 80s. They couldn't. So, Dan, okay. okay. If you, let's talk about what Cronenberg were, were adapting. I mean, 
uh, it feels like the easy way to go, and I don't want to go that way, it would be a history of violence. I don't want to go that way. Okay. It's too easy. Too easy. I feel yeah. like if you want to take it easy on yourself, you pick any of those last, those three movies. Well, I mean, and, except uh, for Spider. Spider would not be oh, an easy Sp- one to adapt into a TV <laughs> oh, no, show. No. Also, animated, uh, I guess. <laughs> the, dead, the Dead Zone would be too easy and has already and been And it already has been adapted. I feel like yeah. Scanners, I think, well, Scanners may have been a television show also at some point, wasn't it? Scanners feels like it would be pretty easily adapted in a TV show. Yeah. There's good guy, uh, bad guy psychics. They're making each other's heads blow up. Everyone's wearing puffy vests over flannel shirts. Yeah, that, that may, that's a TV show already. So so let's say, so what's, an, what's a hard one? The Fly would be Videodrome. not that difficult. Now, let's talk about Videodrome. But this how are you doing, going to twist it a little? Because, well, the thing is, Videodrome is take, uh, already about the televisual medium. So that's why I think yeah. let's try to do a TV show out of that. Okay, so- uh, video drum. Here's one twist. James Woods would not be the star of this television version of video <laughs> well, well, I mean, I, I think often is the case. It's not like Jeremy Irons is in the Dead Ringers uh, TV true, show. True, true, yeah, yeah. Instead, they do the smartest thing a TV show it can do, and they cast Rachel Weiss, and she plays two characters. <laughs> yeah, they'd be right. Twice the Double Vice. That was, how, yeah. that was how they added They They advertised They said, Dead Ringers, twice the Vice. Uh-huh. <laughs> this time, our Vice is twiced. And people were like, oh, fantastic. Um, they also so, tried. They also tried. They had the double rainbow guy, double rainbow guy on the commercials going, "Double Rachel, what does it mean?" And that did not test as well. That 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 advertisement. Now here's the problem. Okay. That I foresee for us with Videodrome. Okay. Because if you're going to modernize it, right? You, w- I feel like it has to be, you know, internet streaming, something like that. Yeah, because streaming. Like that is the, the, the villain that is destroying our industry. Yeah, streaming. Sure, but that. But the thing is, I guess I fear, I fear to tread there because there have been so many bad horror movies about the internet. <laughs> like I feel like you're right, Dan. It's impossible to make art about the internet and <laughs> no, have it be I, good. Can you no, believe I, this guy? Wait, I'm looking to the audience. I'm doing like a John Krasinski yeah, yeah. in the office. Look to the audience. I like, am can saying, you believe this guy? I am huh? saying that like there's people, been good horror movies about the internet. The fucking social network, dude. People have <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Probably one of the best people have tried so hard to be like, what is scary about the internet? And the thing is, like, the internet is scary, and yet the movies somehow have not been able to figure well, it out. So the, here's the thing, because I think they mistake the the what's the medium for the message. If I can be yeah. like Marshall McLuhan, a character in Videodrome of whom is based on the character of uh, Brian Oblivion, right? Uh so the I think they've they've took the scary thing about the internet is that it uh it plays on your deepest what insecurities and privacies and fears and can alternately project them to the world or directly to you feed the things that are going to drive you mad. And instead, what the movies have mainly said is the internet is creepy because there might be serial killers who are lurking yeah. on it, you know, or smileys, you know, or like whereas it feels like with Videodrome it gives you the opportunity to do something scary about algorithms. You know, mm. or something scary about um, the way social media is designed to make you mad or to make you paranoid. Uh, so I think there's things you could do with that. Well, maybe. that's. I mean, I think there's like there's an uncertainty quality to what Videodrome is doing. Like, like he doesn't really know what these transmissions are, how much, how how seriously to take them in a certain way. And like, I think that there's something interesting with that too, with the internet, with like people who claim to just be trolls and you can't tell, you know, whether they are just trolls, whether they are legitimately like, 
you know, dangerous or whether there's any difference between those two things. Yeah, yeah. I think you, that, I love that. That's a great gray area to play in is that that paranoia of not knowing what's a real danger and what's a fake danger, what's sincere and what's not sincere. And you can't escape it because the devices that you use to run your life are pushing these things at you constantly. You have to opt out of all of it. And, yeah. and so, these and, devices are essential. You can't, you can't, yes. uh, it's getting to the point where you can't even get on the subway without scanning your fucking phone. Yeah, which is crazy. Like it's, yeah. it's, it's really, it's, it's, or when people talk about like, well, we need a cashless society. And it's like, wait, so I need, you're saying I need to have a device with me at all times. Like I can't opt out of even having yeah. a device. So that, I think that's really good. And the, and uh, the first one, the first video drone, the movie is so much about the difference between image and reality and what happens when you confuse them. So this can be similar. The idea of, confusing the virtual world for the real world, not in a virtuosity, somebody yes. comes out of a video game and, and is killing people in real life. So no serial killers. <laughs> well, I'm not, not necessarily, but probably not. But the idea of that there are companies out there in reality that want, a, that want to create a virtual world that then we would have to spend all of our time in so that they can not only control the products or the or the content or whatever that we get, but also control the very reality that we live in in a way that they own and they have to sell to us, which is a yeah. really frightening idea, right? Maybe that's an idea. Maybe like this, some, someone notices like targeted stuff, you know, being more and more specifically targeted to, towards them, uh, gets paranoid about it. And then like, Things start to, start to fall into place in their life in a way that should be positive, but they are paranoid that this is like somehow these companies are now tailoring reality to his whims as well. It could be, yeah. I mean, in a way that we don't want it to be too much like The Matrix or something like mm -hmm. that. But but I like that idea a lot. That's really good. So it's like he's uh, he's he, he from the, he's already in the he's already in that world or something like that. That he he uh, there's a we'll figure it out. So anyway, Stuart, that's the pitch. You like it? Okay, I'm buying yes. it. Ten episode, uh, ten episode run. Let's put it on freeform. Okay, <laughs> you can't see it at home, but Stuart looked down as if to check his nose, <laughs> as if he has a deal in place with freeform. Yeah, Stuart has an overall with freeform. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, this is a You're great- trying to get us to work during the strike, Jordan. <laughs> yep, I'm doing it, tricking you. He, uh, he, I'm like a like a sneaky streaming service. Um, speaking of stream, sneaky streaming services, uh, the Flophouse is sponsored by a number of different companies. Uh, not sneaky streaming services, though. No. Uh, no. Uh, no. So why don't we jump to those, Dan? I believe you're the first. Uh, yeah, and I definitely had it pulled up and then somehow hit the wrong thing. Um, here it is. <laughs> Maybe we could use a little bit more of that Videodrome fake reality <laughs> that, where things fall into place for Dan without his you realizing know it. You what makes it you not worry about whether things oh, wait. fall into Actually, place or not? One more thing, one more thing about that Videodrome idea, oh, even no. though we're done with that segment. Uh, Videodrome, the movie, is so much about playing on people's sexual desires and what happens mm -hmm. when they are removed from reality. And one thing that could be interesting to play with is that the metaverse, as, for instance, Mark Zuckerberg has designed it, or not him specifically, but his designers of Facebook, was so incredibly sexless and so incredibly non-physical and non-body or non-sensual. And that could be something to play with in this new Videodrome, the idea that the future is not your, uh, your sexual desires – being tr transmuted electronically, but instead the opposite of that—you being them being denied to you because they don't fit into 
either the corporate philosophy or the philosophy of the person who ultimately pulls the strings of that corporation. So scary, right? The, mm-hmm. uh, this, this world of digital eunuchs that Facebook wants us to be. Ooh, frightening. Uh, oh, man. I guess Fair I'll point. throw away my milking machine. Okay, Dan, what are, who are we <laughs> No, Dan, by? no, Stuart, you need it. That milking machine is what keeps you human. <laughs> um... Dan, anyway. get a milking machine. Anyway, what's your sponsor, milking <laughs> if, machines? <laughs> no, if any, <laughs> nothing a sponsor likes more than coming after that conversation. And uh, we would like to thank our sponsor. Our show today is sponsored by Microdose Gummies, which uh, Microdose Gummies deliver perfect entry-level doses of THC that help you feel just the right amount of good. Look, guys, <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah. I got a lot of problems relating to people sometimes. Uh, I have a sort of an <laughs> inflexible mindset. Uh, I help, I hold myself to a bizarre standard and get inexplicably infuriated when other people don't share that standard. Uh, a, a lot of a lot of things. And you know what has genuinely helped me? A little THC. Not TLC, although that has also helped me, tender mm-hmm. love and care. Mm-hmm. And it reminds you but that you shouldn't accept scrubs into your THC. life. THC. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or go and chasing waterfalls. No, <laughs> stick to the rivers and lakes that have already been thoroughly mapped and you know <laughs> the depths and the bottom topography. Uh, I'm just saying it helps me chill out a little bit. Maybe it'll help you chill out a little bit. Microdose is available nationwide. To learn more about microdosing THC, go to microdose.com and use code FLOP to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. Links can be found in the show's description, but again, that is microdose.com, code FLOP. And we are also sponsored by Soylent. Let's face it, unless you like to cook, cooking is not fun. I find it really stressful, honestly. A lot of it is keeping track of things. I don't like that. You're rushing around to get them all finished in time. There never seems to be enough time to do it well. There's a reason the show The Bear is not described as calming and meditative. (laughs) (laughs) And it's all about cooking. This is where the people at Soylent have come in to make us a little less oppressed by the clock and by our tummies. Soylent is the original food tech company making delicious and healthy nutrition products in convenient formats. Soylent is not meant to replace all of your meals, but to provide you with a nutritious way to fill your stomach and give your body the fuel and nutrients it needs without taking up so much of your damn time and energy. And look, there's so many different ways to have Soylent. Of course, there's the classic Soylent complete meal. It's convenient. It's a ready-to-drink shake and powder. Well, it comes these either a ready-to-drink shake or as a powder. Provides 20 grams of plant-based protein, 39 essential nutrients, healthy fats, 400 calories of slower-burning carbohydrates, all in one delicious serving. That's a meal right there. That'll get you going until your next meal. But hey, maybe you want more protein. Well, I've got news for you. There's also complete protein. It's a deliciously rich and creamy plant-based high-protein nutrition shake. It's got 30 grams of complete plant-based proteins, 39 essential nutrients. There are those nutrients again, all 39 of them, zero grams, total sugars, no sugar. It's a unique, well-balanced shake that also provides five grams of BCAAs. I know what those are. And 1,000 milligrams of omega-3 healthy fats. You no longer have to just gnaw away at a salmon to get all those omega-3 healthy nope. fats. No, like a bear or something. And remember, we already <laughs> mentioned the, the bear is not about relaxing in food. Satisfy no. your protein needs without sacrificing nutrition or taste. Look, you won't find a quicker or easier easier meal than Soylent. It's all right there in one bottle. You don't have to cook. 
You don't have to clean up unless you're a particularly messy drinker and you can't get a bottle into your mouth for crying out loud. Come on, people, babies can do it. This is the food <laughs> of the future. Get on you board. It require assistance. But yes, yeah. that's true. When we're living in space, we're all going to eat like this. So get a head start, save yourself some time and some service, and go to Soylent.com slash flop and use the code flop, that's F-L-O-P, to get 20% off your first order. Soylent.com slash flop, code flop for 20% off your first order of the food of the future. Now, Elliot, I know you were using just now the Yiddish word surus, uh, meaning sort of like, you know, uh, to do like a fuss, you know, but- uh, Well, it's like- like Worry. Yeah, worry, anxiety, you know, a bad feeling in your stomach because you think something bad is going to happen. Exactly. You were talking about- Living in space, so for a moment I heard it as cirrus, the, the type of cloud <laughs> that oh, okay, one sure. would have to, you know, break through through on the way to to space. And I was like, why do you want to save yourself some cirrus? Anyway, <laughs> that's part, that's the best part about going to space, breaking save through it. that cloud. It's when you just you just hand, hold your hand out with a net in it and catch yeah. some clouds and pull them into the window and close the window, <laughs> take it to space with you. Yeah, it rules. Nature's marshmallow, <clears throat> nature's cotton yeah. candy, you know, yeah. clouds. <laughs> Uh, I wanted to take a moment, if it's possible for me to shill for my own things. Uh, Dan Please. and I are on, are on strike, and I have two things I want to say about that. One, the Writers Guild is on strike. You've heard us talk about it before. Uh, we are striking for uh, equitable pay, for real employment, uh, for humans doing the creative work, and this is the kind of strike that a lot of industries are probably going to have to go through or at least threaten so that we can keep humans on top and machines on the bottom where they belong in our shoes because we'll have computer shoes in the future. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully by the time this episode comes out. I heard about a computer out, that wore tennis shoes. But in this yeah, case, the yeah, computer that, is tennis shoes. Okay. In this case, it's the computer is tennis shoes. Kurt Russell is still wearing it. Uh, <laughs> it's always Kurt Russell. Uh, and so maybe by the time this episode comes out, maybe the strike will be over. Maybe the AMPTP will have come to their goddamn senses and realized that they cannot do their business without us, that they need us, and that we are one of the many groups of people that make entertainment possible and make them money. If they haven't and the strike is still going on, then a lot of writers and a lot of people in the entertainment industry who are not writers are going to be out of work and are going to need your help. So that's why if you can and if you would like to help, I would advise you to go to entertainmentcommunity.org and donate. That is the Entertainment Entertainment Community Fund. used to be the Actors Fund. Now it's the Entertainment Community Fund. It's for everybody. Go to the area that says support film and television professionals and make a donation that is money that will go to – Anyone in the entertainment community who applies for it because they need it. That's not just writers. That could also mean actors. That could also mean support staff such as writer's assistants or script supervisors or anyone. Anyone who works in entertainment who needs that money when they need it, and we really appreciate the support. If you would rather make a more targeted donation to me and get things in addition as a result, I have some books out on store shelves, and you can help me pay the bills. By buying some of them. I have two picture books, Sharko and Hippo and Horse Meets Dog. Kids love them. And I have, of course, the collections of my comic book, Maniac of New York from Aftershock Comics. Please feel free to buy those and enjoy them. And some of that money will go to me. Uh, in the case of the books, it will go down to paying back the advance because we have not yet done that. Uh, but if you want to not do that, if you want to make a donation that will more directly help people and also go entirely to the people who need it, go to entertainmentcommunity.org and make a donation to help the entertainment professionals who need your help so they can get back on their feet and keep making that stuff that you love. We call it entertainment. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Now that's entertainment. Entertainment. <laughs> 
Greatest Trek is the podcast for all your modern Star Trek needs. It's funny, informative, and now it's also timely. That's because every Friday, right after the release of a new episode of Strange New Worlds, Picard, Lower Decks, Discovery, or Prodigy, we bring you a review of that episode. There's some great new Star Trek coming up, and we're going to cover all of it. You'll like our show because we're both former video producers, so we bring a lot of insight into the production and filmmaking aspects to these episodes. And we also have a very refined sense of humor, so we make lots of delightful fart jokes along the way. So come see why Greatest Trek is one of the most popular television recap podcasts on all of the internet. Subscribe to Greatest Trek at MaximumFun.org or in the podcast app you're using right now. Hey there, this is Drea Clark. This is Alonzo Duralde. And this is Sparta! Iffy! Listen, I got 300 on the brain. We just watched the movie 300 in honor of our 300th episode of Maximum Film. That's right. And to celebrate this major milestone, we brought back original co-hosts Ricky Carmona and April Wolf. But just for this one episode, right? Oh, Iffy, you know we could never replace you. Some of the voices have changed over the years. Heck, the name of the show has changed too. But through it all, Maximum Film remains... The The movie movie podcast podcast that isn't just a bunch of straight white guys. Deal with it. Find this and all 300 episodes of Maximum Film anytime on MaximumFun.org. So the back half of this episode of Two Boy Talking Tube to Two Dudes Today, Yes Way, we're going to talk about one of the uh, repercussions of the writer's strike. That's right. We're talking reality TV. Uh, and the first thing, uh, first part of this uh, segment, we're going to be talking about a little show that my wife and I have been watching since we don't have late night shows to watch. Uh, we've been watching The Amazing Race, which is a show where two people, a team of two, travel all over the world and complete challenges and have to travel around this cr- modern crazy world and try and, <laughs> and they're running a race. Okay. <laughs> it's fairly straightforward. If you haven't seen it, just imagine. You go on puzzles and physical challenges, and you have to complete them in order to complete this race. It it's like sense. international double dare, but you're, it's you <clears> and a partner, and you're held hostage by the show, and you cannot go home until you lose or finish. Now, Charlene and I have agreed that under no circumstance would we be good teammates for this, <laughs> for this <laughs> I challenge. would watch that whole season, though. <laughs> so what I'm going to put to you, this is a little bit of a lightning round. I'm going to give you three. Uh, I'm gonna, we're going to go through a number of different rounds, and each round I'm going to give you three options, three fictional characters. Uh-huh. And you are going to have to say who you would like to be your teammate and why. Okay. Okay. Fairly simple. And you Let's can pick the it. same one if you insist. Uh, so first, Kermit, Gonzo, or Fozzie Bear? Who would be the best reality show teammate for you? I mean, it's yeah, like Kermit, obviously, right? Like, because he's level-headed and he's not going to annoy you with his with his jokes. And also, he's not going to be running off to have sex with Camilla when he's supposed to be finishing the, the competition, right? <laughs> True. R.I.P. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that's right. I forgot that in Flophouse and Camilla died last year. <laughs> now, I am going to go a different direction. I would say that I am too close to a Kermit uh-huh. to, uh, mm, point, mm, to, mm. to partner with a Kermit. I think, uh, you know, our, I need someone whose skill set is different, and I need someone clearly, uh, you know, based on the people I have chosen to surround myself with. I prefer to be around people who annoy me a little. So yep, I'm going to yep. go with Fozzie. Oh, cool. <laughs> I need okay, someone Fozzie who's Bear. always going to be trying to bother me with jokes. Actually, <laughs> you know what? What were you going to say, Stu? 
was just going to say, obviously, I'm picking Miss Piggy. I don't think we need to cover that. I Not an option that we were presented okay. with. But, I mean, actually, now that I yeah, think about it. Yeah, because I already took her, dude. Um, <laughs> go on. Gonzo might be good. Now that I think about it, because he is not loath to a danger, to perform dangerous stunts. He is, That's uh, true. He's, he will, That's he's true. not afraid of putting that, that, uh, that long hooked, but not anti-Semitic nose, uh, into danger. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Okay. So next round, Perseus, Achilles, or Jason? <laughs> not some guy named Jason. We're talking about the, of the Argonauts, Greek, the Greek hero, Jason. Mm, now, okay. Now this is what, what I love about this is it also ties into my upcoming Disney villains, Hades comics miniseries that, uh, it mm-hmm. comes that starts in August, uh, and Jason appears in that series. Spoiler alert. Yeah, no, no, noted villain. <laughs> no, well, he's the, well, Hades is still the villain of it, but, uh, oh. The, Jason's uh, not a cool dude. Now, no, well, I mean, Jason, well, he, okay, just because he abandoned his wife, causing her to <laughs> kill her children, uh, is, uh, so he's I, a rascal. But I'm going to say, I'm going to say Perseus for this one. Perseus, he's got magic weapons. Uh, he, he, he got rid of the Medusa, who is also a character in Disney Villains Hades. Uh, and he is just all around, you know, he's just a strong, he's a good hero. He doesn't have the emotional instability of Achilles or the rapscallion, uh, leave his wife and cause her to kill his children quality of Jason. Uh, so I'm going to go with Perseus on this one. Is Perseus the one who's the lead of Clash of the Titans? Is that the main character? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, okay, yeah, and Harry how Hamlin accurate himself, Perseus. is Clash of the Titans to Greek mythology? Pretty close. <laughs> I mean, it's it's. I mean, it's a it's a bowdlerized version of Greek <laughs> mythology, certainly. Uh, yeah, I'll go with Perseus too. That guy seems to ha- be able to do a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a good response. Obviously, I'm going Heracles because Heracles is the best. Uh, Heracles <laughs> killed his family, Stu. Wait a minute. Hold on. That's the problem. They're holding him back. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, that's, that's, I mean, sure, he was under a spell of madness. He was, he was under not fully a spell in his right of madness. Mind. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Princess uh, Leia. That's, that's also in the Greek the Greek myths, how the, it's like, oh, I killed my family in a fit of rage. What can I do to atone myself? Uh, well, clean how about out you clean stables. out these stables? Wrestle <laughs> 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 this dude. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so next round, we got Princess Leia. Chewbacca, Salacious Crumb. Oh, it's a tough one. I gotta think. I gotta think practically and not just go with the one I want to spend time with. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. That's like, the thing. That person might inspire you. You know what? Yeah, that's true. I think. You know what? So, Princess Leia, obviously, a lot of can-do attitude, can do just about everything. Has the force. Chewbacca, loyal to the end. Well, you know, and a great co-pilot. But Salacious Crumb, that's the kind of uh, the, <laughs> the kind of emotional support that I really need. If he can make Jabba the Hutt feel beautiful, then he can make me feel like I can do anything. So I'm going to go with Salacious Crumb. Yeah, I think with Princess Leia, there'd be too big of a a, a risk that I would get a crush on her and it would distract me. So I'm going to go with Chewbacca, uh, a known loyal sidekick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. I wrote and you down- wouldn't be thrown off by the fact that he's naked except for a belt. <laughs> oh, it's a wait, a bandolier, right? A bandolier. It's a yeah. bandolier. It's a bandolier. Yeah, it's bandolier a and ammo. I mean, if anything, that's weirder. I mean, the fact that Salacious Crumb <laughs> is naked, but he's just naked. But if Salacious yeah. Crumb was wearing like naked but with a hat on, that would be weirder. Yeah. I mean, do you okay. think of like dogs as being naked all like, the time? Like, all the time. <laughs> okay. man. Yeah. Yeah. That's what uh, he writes. Housebroken. Yeah. Uh, okay. Obviously, I, I, do, I, wrote I do write down- a show about when I'm not on strike. I do write a show about dogs that has a ton of sex jokes in it. So yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, I wrote down Gonk Droid. So yeah, I oh, guess that's who I would pick. Sweet choice. Sweet choice. Okay, also so. very emotionally supportive. <laughs> okay. no, I'm not mentioning. I'm mentioning someone who's who just got dumped and they're just eating ice cream and just talking out their troubles to Gonk. And every time Gonk goes Gonk, it's like he's saying, "I hear you. I hear you." I hear you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I see always- myself reflected in his Gonks. <laughs> I've been um, there. So the next round we got Dominic Toretto. Uh huh. Okay. Letty. Brian. I gotta say, I don't know the series well enough to, uh, to know the other you characters. You went to the Universal Studios ride. <laughs> I, did, I did, but it was so incomprehensible. <laughs> I mean, I'm just gonna, I, this one, I'm just gonna go with the character who I think I would like the most. Uh-huh. So I would say Letty. <laughs> Letty, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, that's a good call. Uh, uh, Elliot? I'm gonna, you know what? I, he's not one of the ones I think you mentioned, but I'm gonna go with Hobbs. I love that adorable tiger. I love yeah. that sometimes he's a stuffed animal and sometimes he's not. And so yeah, I'm just gonna go with Hobbs. I'll feed him all the tuna sandwiches he wants. He can he can pounce on me when I'm coming home from school any day. Mm-hmm. And I wrote down Roman because he's just gonna keep me in stitches the whole time. You know, it's so funny. <laughs> okay, next next round of fictional characters we have filmmaker Agnes Varda. Filmmaker <laughs> Paul Thomas Anderson. Okay, so it's not quite Filmmaker fictional. Brian De Palma. <laughs> okay, so this is for the, the amazing race. <laughs> yes. I mean, I'm gonna go. I gotta you're go. Ag- them on the, you're taking them on a modern amazing race. Okay, I'm gonna gotta go with Agnes Varda, not just because I, I think I like her movies the most of those, but also she can speak multiple languages. She she'll be able to get us around, as opposed to Brian De Palma, who is a creep. And Paul Thomas Anderson, who <laughs> I don't know enough about his personal life, honestly. Let's be, Paul, let's be clear. Husband. De Palma makes movies that have a lot of perviness in it. He doesn't. He's he, there. There's not been scandal around. De Palma. I, I mean, the, the only. I mean, I guess the creepiest thing he ever did was set up a camera to catch his dad having an affair when he was a kid. You're right. He's yeah. not a. He's not a creep in the way that That's we say like that. Normal that Fablemans type shit. There, dude. Yeah. <laughs> no, well, the difference in Fablemans was that the whole family was in on it. That the dad <laughs> yeah. was like, "Get that camera running. I want you." <laughs> to <laughs> Capture your mom's sexy bod on camera. <laughs> uh, I, I'm also going to go with Agnes Varda because I feel like she seems like the most down to earth of them. Like I feel like she did direct down to earth starring Chris Rock. <laughs> useful in a race <laughs> in a way that the others, you know, are maybe too into movies. Yeah, I uh, I wrote down Werner Herzog. Oh yeah, the Don't man who. Oh Herzog. yeah, he'd be yeah. great. He'd a ship be across great. the jungle. He's been all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> He's lived a thousand lives. Uh, okay, and then our last last category in the lightning round, we got Littlefoot, Sarah, <laughs> Petrie. <laughs> The dinosaurs from Land Before Time. Now, here's a, this is another. Uh, this is an issue where I'm having another issue here because I want to hang out with Petrie, <laughs> but he's yep. not going to be that helpful. Uh, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna go with Sarah. I feel like she's yeah. got a big attitude. We're gonna disagree, but I can count on her in the clutch, and she's got confidence. She's gonna bull her way through the situations and not get scared. Yeah, I'm gonna say yeah. Sarah. I this is it. not a movie I'm really that familiar with. Can I choose? What about the Zendaya's Michi? Is that <laughs> yeah, possible? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry to interrupt when, you. I was just wondering, maybe you were more familiar with the ancillary TV show spinoff or the other films. They made like yeah, eight of they them, made Dan. a ton of them. I don't yeah. know. I think I watched uh, half of the original one because I liked Don Bluth and I got <laughs> bored. <laughs> so. Oh, Stuart's choking. He's so shocked yeah. oh, that I couldn't make you it. You haven't through. watched the whole thing. Yeah, not an um, uncommon experience with the Don Bluth film. I have to admit. <laughs> 
Uh, I wrote down, of course, the sharp tooth because he's the bad guy <laughs> and requires all the other characters to defeat him. So, I mean, it's pretty simple. <laughs> the most powerful, yeah, for sure. Okay, so that's the lightning round. Next stage. Uh, last time we had a big uh, writer strike, uh, we got ourselves a reality show president out of the deal. Mm. Now let's look at past. I don't. US- I don't. I'm not going to lay that. I'm not going to lay that at the foot of the of the writers. <laughs> oh, oh, interesting. Okay. Uh, why? Why would you? Why? What do you have a? Do you have a dog in this fight? What's going on? Uh, um, so yeah, a naked dog. Yeah. I want to look at past presidents and guess if they had a reality show, what would it have been? <laughs> <laughs> okay, now it's my time to shine. Dan okay. thought he was out of his depth with the land before time. President, President Bill Clinton, what reality show would he have hosted? F-Boy Island. F-Boy Island. <laughs> That's actually pretty good. Because <laughs> yeah. he'd also play saxophone as like the opening or the closing. <laughs> wait, are these, we have to say real shows? No. Oh, no, okay. We just, mean, you, can, you, can, you can make up one. It's okay. not a real game, a, Dan. You can do what you want, Yeah. <laughs> Ugh, how do you okay. insult Stu's game like that by not calling it real? <laughs> it's not a real game. Um, so the the next one, okay, we've already when Stu when Stu when Stu makes a real game, I know I'm going to be rolling dice and <laughs> I'm going to have worms in my head by the end of it. <laughs> uh, so we got uh, President Richard Nixon. What was his reality show? Um, what was his reality show? Probably not a dating show. No, mm-hmm. there's. I guess Liars Poker isn't really a reality show. It's a game show. Again, it doesn't have to be a real show. Okay. Um, I'm going to let Dan swing on this rope for a little bit longer before I jump uh, in. It's going to be a show about... (laughs) Did he hold checkers up by his ears? No, you're you're confusing two different presidential (laughs) dog things. Nixon mentioned checkers in a speech. (laughs) Lyndon Johnson held his dogs up by their ears. Oh, okay, okay. Um, Which is, again, that's, that's... uh, two presidents in a row who have dog relationships. I got Those it. dogs I got both it. naked. Yeah. <laughs> America's next top Richard Nixon impersonator. Oh. This is an impression everyone did back in the day. Uh-huh. The, there's just a whole season of <laughs> just challenges to see how closely you can impersonate President Richard Nixon. Like okay. a real Hollywood Square's uh, lineup, huh? Yeah. Okay, Elliot, how do you feel about this? Yeah, let's. Uh, do, you, do you got a rebuttal, or do you want to move on to the next? I th- the only thing I had was uh, it was uh, this was a game. This is more of a game show. It's called "Are You Are You More Conservative Than Richard Nixon?" And because at the mm. time he was the epitome of American conservatism, and yet he uh, signed the law creating the EPA. He did a number of things like that. Now, at the same time, he was a warmonger who uh, I feel like who we're getting killed, some vegetables in here. Yeah, he was a warmonger who killed many, many people and did break the law routinely in order to undermine the democratic process. But I feel like that's just the thing Republican presidents do before breakfast these days. <laughs> oh! And Democratic presidents to a lesser extent when it comes to killing a lot of people overseas. Uh, yeah, that's so, true. So, yeah, that would be, so you'd have that one. And Jeff Foxworthy would still host it. Okay, Teddy Roosevelt. What's Teddy Teddy Bear's little uh, reality show? What are we doing here? I feel like it's a. I'm, I'm going to jump in here. It's got to be some kind of like strongman show. So maybe like, now, uh, if I was like now, an American I, Ninja Warrior type, uh, now if climbing I was being, on mooses and stuff. If I was being harsh and cynical, I'd say it's called The Amazing Race, and it's about how great white uh, Anglo-Saxon culture was because he was <laughs> sure. he was a man of the same racial prejudices of his time to a certain extent. Uh, but I actually like Theodore Roosevelt a lot, so I'm going to say that it's called. Um, 
Yeah, it's called it's called it's called it's called uh it's called political boxing, and it's just him boxing other people in politics. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. So yeah. I mean, it limits your talent pool, but I feel like you there'd be people. But, available. but the thing is, you've got you've got a team of eight other politicians, and you see them training over the season, and they're okay. in bouts against each other to get to the big bout when they're finally up against TR. And TR is like, he's like Tom Colicchio in Top Chef. He's going into the gym and watching them exercise and kind of playing subtle mind games to undermine them while they're preparing. And mm-hmm. then they've got a, they're up against each other. And the ultimate goal is to finally battle Theodore Roosevelt at the very end of it. Love it. I, and the secret is when he gets in the ring, he just shoots him in the face with a rifle. So they, so, so you can't beat Teddy Roosevelt. I'm going to go with something that uh, highlights his, you know, he's an outdoorsman. Uh, it's going to be called it's going to be kind of like Meerkat Manor. It'll be uh, called Teddy the Bear, who, and it's just <laughs> Theodore Roosevelt lives with a family of bears for a year, pretending mm. to be one of them. <laughs> <laughs> just living amongst them, this living, loving, it's, laughing. It's like a lifestyle reality show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's like 1800 show. House, but it's about bears. <laughs> it's lifestyle porn. You want to live like bears, you know, all that fresh salmon. <laughs> <laughs> you can shit wherever you want. Usually Only in, the in the woods, Daniel. From what Only I know. Well, I mean, those they, fucking Sherman bears are going crazy with that thing. <laughs> it's true. They'll yeah. go in. They're pooping all over the place. They yeah. love I mean, their toilet paper. Their identity is defined by. It. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, all the t- the bears in therapy, and he's like, I just want to be seen as a bear who poops, not a pooping bear. I feel like the recent commercials have gotten even more explicit yeah. about the pooping of the bears in a way that like suggests tell me, Clarice, to me. Tell, tell me, Clarice, <laughs> do you still hear the pooping of the bears? I just feel like, I mean, like <laughs> they Cause must the know how hated these goddamn bears are and they're just like swinging it over to hate clicks. I do not think uh, they're that hated outside of a small group of people. I think if, I think the mainstream audience is both happy to finally be validated as you know what? Everybody shit, poops. <laughs> shit comes out of our our butts, and we yeah. have to clean it up, and it happens to everybody. Yes, I, they're using a bear, but it's also like imagine how difficult it is for a bear. They have to. They're you know without it's, it's a mess. Paper. It's a mess without toilet paper. It makes me feel better. But you know what? All nature's creatures, you ingest, you must excrete, and finally someone's admitting it instead of just, <sighs> just you know talking around it. You know, don't talk. So, don't yeah. talk. See, don't have. Don't talk about ladies squeezing not, the look, toilet paper in the, in the supermarket. That doesn't tell me what it's about. It what is it does. not just that the bears are open about pooping. They're very smug. I about will it. be open about pooping. That's fine. It's the fact that like the whole family like really seems to like get off on talking about like they're so like happy to fucking talk about their bathroom habits. Get out of here, Sherman think, Bears. Do you think uh there should be a commercial where they just show an actual bear like lazily taking a shit in the woods <laughs> <laughs> and then it cuts to one of the animated ones who's like, not me, buddy. Sherman. <laughs> <laughs> you do it, admit it. <laughs> Okay, so uh, <laughs> we're nothing more than animals in clothes. <laughs> you know, I had like ten more presidents, but why don't we jump to the final segment here, guys? Yeah, and this is this is this is going to require a little bit of audience participation. We're going to put up a poll on Twitter. I don't know, Dan, will figure it out. Let's see if Twitter uh, still exists by the time the episode comes out. <laughs> Who knows? Let's see if we can stomach doing anything. We <laughs> have a new. This is another. This is another game, and I want people to vote on which they like the best. Hmm. Each of us is going to pitch a reality television show that the other two Flophouse hosts will have to host. Hey, hey, let's say we'll we'll do it on our Instagram. Drive okay. people to the Instagram. Gonna, uh, the qu- we need more people on the Instagram anyway. You can vote okay, on sure. the Instagram. Yeah. Okay. So. Wait, so make, the, the other two will host. They don't appear on. 
Oh, they're not yeah, contestants. They're they not contestants. It. They are okay. hosting it. Okay. okay. Yeah. And you, after after selling the pitch, don't have to be involved ever again. <laughs> okay. So, I why don't I go first since I wrote this down and have an advantage? Uh, <laughs> I think I would like to see a reality show called The Flop House, where Dan and Elliot has spent a season. Uh, renovating a home, <laughs> renovating <laughs> a beat up old house, and they have to agree on all the decisions that have to be made. Uh, they have a, they have to work within a limited budget. Uh, actually, and maybe maybe it'll be a hotel. Maybe it's a hotel. Uh, or yeah, you know, similar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm doing. Yeah. So the Flop House, a show where Dan and Elliot have to work together to renovate a uh, a hotel. Okay, I'm gonna pitch one called the Flop Health, uh, okay. and this one, Stu and Dan. There's a there's a stable of of minor celebrity contestants, and Stu is trying to get them to bulk up and weightlift, while Dan is trying to get them to not do that and just <laughs> sit sit and watch kind of kind of seventies Italian exploitation cartoons. <sighs> and you have to see which which celebrities are going to be open to which things. And you can also they all live in one house together and uh wow, called the okay. flop called the flop hospital. And Dan and Sue, you can wake them up at any hour of the day or night and get them either exercising or chillaxing. Oh, uh, chill- and, yep. Yep, and so the uh, the and the and it's uh, at the very end you see which which and the celebrity that can best create a balance in their life. They aren't super bulked up, and they are not just a couch potato. But instead, uh, that they are enjoying life to the fullest in both ways. They win the and the chance to be the the future face of of Prego spaghetti sauce. Oh, so there is a competition element. To yeah, there's it. a competition. Okay. I kind of yeah. like this. Okay. Yeah. Um, and that's the flop health. The flop yeah. health. Yeah. Uh, I I just like to say I've you know I've started going to yoga classes three times yeah. a week. So uh, Dan, this is I'm the no Dan longer, character. This is the Dan persona. Okay. I just want to. I mean, I Not I would rather be flexible. watching Jello movies, but <laughs> mm-hmm. anyway, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> my pitch is gonna be called Elliot and Stewart Metal Nerds. Okay, and, okay, uh, it's gonna be like you will travel. And to a bunch of metal concerts across the land. Uh, mm-hmm. Part of it's like a travel show, like just being in these towns. We see you like guys fuck around, but then you like hang out with the band afterward. Uh, and part of the, the fun of the show is Stuart's always trying to keep Elliot out at the party <laughs> as long as he <laughs> possibly can. And seeing Elliot get tireder and more uncomfortable with everything that's happening around oh, him. Yeah, mm, tell me about yep. it. I got to go back to my hotel room to call my family. I'm like, I don't think so, dude. We got to go talk to these guys <laughs> this from is your Scandinavia. Family, the family of metal. <laughs> yeah. Uh, wow, that sounds fun. Those are three fun ideas. Uh, so put on your votes over at the Flophouse Instagram, and then we'll make it? I guess we'll yeah, make that we'll show. Have to make yeah, it. we'll have to do it. Uh, that's, and something I should mention before we go, this is not a joke, uh, although we're ending on a funny note, is that even reality shows involve people who are crafting Absolutely. the narrative. Who are, that those shows are written, and so they should be covered by the Writers Guild of America, and someday soon, hopefully they will. Reality shows, you are not our enemies. You are instead our brothers in television, entertainment production, and we hope to absorb you into the fold and our loving embrace and our health uh, plan sometime yep. soon. Yeah. Okay, so this has been another astounding episode of Revelations <laughs> on Two Boy Talking Tube to Two Dudes Today. 
Yes Way. I've been your host, Two Boys, Stuart Wellington, and I'm joined by... Dan McCoy. And metal nerd, Elliot Kalen. Yay! And we're on the Maximum Fun Network. You can check out more shows. You can support us over there. Uh, thanks so much. Thanks to our uh, producer, Howell Doughty, Alex Smith, for fixing this whole thing up. Uh, I think that's it. Uh, bye! <laughs> <laughs> MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture Artist owned Audience supported